Hi, this is Karen from Zaterran, and you're listening to the SAP Security and GRC podcast with host Dudley Cartwright, helping you on your journey to effective access risk management in SAP. In today's episode, we'll run through five typical GRC business objectives that are important to many organizations. We'll be joined by industry experts Emil Stein from Zaterian and Quintus Hoget from Linkies Consulting. Thank you for joining us. Welcome everyone to today's podcast. So it's important for the, for the organizations to understand which GRC business objectives are important to them, that if they are performing any tasks or activities, that they not sort of spending efforts or spending money on possibly GRC objectives that aren't important to them as an organization. So it can just help them just do the planning and put the necessary effort and resources to those GRC business objectives that are important to them. So in today's session, I think we'll just run through a number of, of the typical GRC business objectives, and we'll just walk through each of those uh, in turn. Emil, do you want to start? What, what, what is the, the first GRC business objective that you see, uh, are seeing out there that most companies are, are, are trying to address or, or achieve? Yeah. Thanks, Daddy. I think the one that comes up is that having a, a more SAP secure uh, solution, and that is typically because audits would be the driver of that, where there's a lot of audit findings, lots of segregation of duties that's been identified certain system settings that's been identified that typically uh, gets gets a lot of attention and if that's being uh, pushed by an external audit as well as pressure from an internal audit then it's often a lot of pressure on the company to 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 resolve that so and uh, kind of every year audit comes back have more findings and obviously the more repeat findings they are the bigger the pressure becomes so that's typically the one that gets yeah. the most attention and and the challenge there is that for for many SAP authorization solutions, it does what we you we use the term that deteriorates over time. You know, as time goes on, whether yeah. that uh, organization uh, whether they're impacted by authorization creep, where people move around internally and inherit wider access as time goes on. So unfortunately, year after year, if uh, you, you you don't administer the authorization solution correctly. It can get worse uh, year on, on on year. So it needs to be a, a continuous effort to ensure that that solution stays in a secure state. Yeah, definitely. In terms of you know, as time the the solution does become less secure, and therefore the audit findings, as Emil was saying, the repetitive audit findings become higher and higher, and you normally reach that point. Where um, you know either board audit or committee say, listen, we need to do something here, and that's normally the tipping point where a decision is made. Listen, we need something, you know, a tool sort to help us to achieve these objectives. But that that's a point where you, you can't go on, you know, historically. So, so then there'll be a lot of sort of system settings that will need to be put in place. But I guess it's also about ensuring that people have been assigned appropriate access or least privileged uh, privilege access, that people have got just enough access for their, for their job functions and that the roles, the role design is not providing people with a lot of, uh, sort of in, inappropriate access. So a lot of the identifying the over allocated access and ensuring that is, is removed from those users that just follow that sort of zero trust or uh, least privileged uh, philosophy with, with that. I think that what what's important for me here is also what was deemed a secure system 15 years ago, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I got involved in SAP and what's deemed a secure solution now is vastly different with all the compliance regulations that came in. 
So, uh, and that also add that a system is now deemed less secure than it was 30 years ago with probably the same access, bringing privacy and anything else, you know. So, um, definitely a, a journey and more pressure as you go uh, in the future that solutions must be more secure than in the past. Yeah. Moving on, Quintus, what would you throw out then as uh, another typical GRC business objective uh, that is important to to many organizations? I think I've liked what I've seen in the market a lot is um, with the, the start of the identity access governance and IDM tools, a lot of emphasis is put more on the improving of the efficiencies to really manage that uh, joiner, uh, mover and lever process more effective and efficiently. So, so that's definitely something that, that comes up more. And, and also the move towards, um, you know, getting more like a business role, uh, you know, a process in, in, uh, in place. Coupled with that, the efficient, the, the, the uh, efficiencies improvement need to take place whereby regulatory requirements like, um, user access reviews. That is something that used to be very inefficient in, uh, with spreadsheets, people signing off and spreadsheets going around, no audit proof it was done completely. So there's a huge drive to get those user access processes uh, done and that uh, uh, to improve efficiencies also. So that I would say is something second to me to come to mind. Yeah. Okay. So improving efficiency is there. So it's not only in the sort of provisioning process, the join and mover lever onboarding process, trying to get people assigned the correct access in as little time as, as possible, but also look at it from how do you also improve efficiencies of those compliance tasks or the access risk management activities that business need to perform. If those type of activities would take an average user 20 hours to perform a user access review, uh, is that considered acceptable or can that activity be performed in three hours? You know, how do you make it mm. as streamlined as possible that business can perform that as effortlessly as possible, I guess, that that when they do do those type of activities, they do them with intent and uh, and they're not doing it just to tick an audit box because it's so cumbersome. Um, and, and I guess while we're looking at improving efficiencies, uh, I guess you can also try and look at it from a support process. When you're looking at the support process from an authorization administration function, how many resources do you have? How long does it take to to perform tasks or to fix um, you know any authorization issues, etc.? Uh, does the role design lend itself to easy resolution of of issues, etc.? Or, or is, is that a very technical, complex process, um, and you're needing a, a, a huge number of authorization resources to administer your your solution? For sure. But I think in addition to that, um, you said it's not just on the access governance, you know, the provisioning access. We mentioned the user access review, but also controls, you know, how, because controls can be very resource inf- uh, intensive and by very ineffective, you know, if it's not done accurately. So controls is also an area where you need to, you need to be more efficient time-wise. Uh, and you'll see also with the introduction of continuous control monitoring and, and a process like that, that also help a lot with the efficiencies, um, uh, improve that efficiency side. Yeah, no, so that's a good point. I think uh, I think it's just as soon as business needs to get involved in any of those activities, whether it's the control monitoring or the compliance task, if, if it is complex and cumbersome and the business users are just not going to do it well. So it's just trying to say how do we be uh, as efficient as possible in the in those review processes good okay so moving on emil do you want to give us the next GLC business objective uh, that you think is common within many organizations 
think Quint has already alluded to, uh, to the, uh, a couple of times there is the, the different regulations that uh, certain companies need to adhere to. So uh, you need to be SOX compliant, JSOX compliant. Obviously, a requirement for you to perform uh, a user access review, or uh, some people would refer to that as the user recertification. And we already mentioned uh, that in uh, a few of the other things. So it's kind of leading from a secure tab solution. If you have that in place and if you have your efficiency, that already leads to uh, efficient user access review anyway. The, the other one that, that comes to mind is just uh, privacy regulations like GDPR in Europe, where Historically, there wasn't a, a great driver to uh, to focus on display access, but GDPR plays an emphasis on uh, personal and sensitive information, just understanding who's got access to it and is it man- being managed effectively. That has uh, placed uh, a lot of pressure now on companies to relook really at, at how how access is being granted uh, overall and and. Often it kind of bring it back to that first point, having the secure SAP solution, bringing you back to that first point is where you, you need to spend maybe a lot of time readjusting your roles, readjusting the processes to actually meet these regulations. Yeah, as Quintus mentioned earlier, um, you know, in the earlier days, there may not have been as much emphasis, mm. I guess, on securing display access. It would have been assigned to, to users more liberally. Mm. But now with the introduction of the data privacy regulations, Emil, as you said, like GDPR, mm. all of a sudden, a lot of those uh, uh, sort of wide display roles will need to be re-looked at and, and not mm. uh, assigned as liberally and to the users as they were in, in, in the past, or at least split those display roles, find the ones that have got personal information in them, create mm-hmm. secondary display roles, and make sure that only those are assigned to, to the appropriate people. Okay, moving on to another GRC business objective. Quintus, uh, can you think of any other ones? Yeah, I think uh, coupled with the previous one of improving efficiencies is the introduction of standardization. You know, it, it is an old objective uh, that people are trying to standardize. Uh, I've saw I see many companies doing it very wrong, you know, using the wrong person to standardize on. But standardization is definitely an objective because it does improve the efficiencies. Also, it makes the whole process of coming back to Emil's point of compliance easier. You know, if you do have to do compliance activities and there's one business role that's given you know, to a certain job function, obviously different for the, uh, you know, based on organizational components where there are requirements, but standardization is definitely a drive. And it also helps, you know, to to make the the, the whole review process. Emil was talking also, we've talked about the user recertification process. All that standardization, there's a lot of benefits with it, but it's a very fine line to, work, to walk on uh, standardization. Because as we know, with standardization, people are going to inherit more access than they need to do their job, therefore introducing more risks. Um, and weighing that up against the benefits you get from a standard, from a standardization process. But I can definitely see there's a drive and you can see it a lot in the, uh, where clients are trying to standardize, uh, with certain, uh, across, across job functions, uh, a definitive objective that's, that's, that's coming more relevant now. Uh, than than previously also, yeah. So I, I think as you correctly state there, you know that standardization has a touch point with a few of the other 
business objectives where you say it, you're going to create a, you standardize the job roles that w- the onboarding process is, is, is easier, that when a person joins is a predefined business role for the accounts payable clock, uh, as well as also con- some of the compliance tasks like a user access review that makes those activities not uh, reviewing many small roles, you uh, just reviewing that the person is still performing the accounts payable clock function. So those type of tasks can be done uh, quicker and, and, and easier. But as you said, there, to, to try and balance that, the negative side of standardization is it does increase the risk profile. People generally end up with wider access because uh, you try and create a role for a, a group of users, and there's always a few people within that group that are maybe doing something slightly differently. So the, the combined access is slightly wider than if you assigned access directly to the individual user. But it's just that, that as you say, just trying to balance the get the benefits of of the efficiencies of, of that you can achieve through standardization, but uh, but also ensure that you don't introduce too much unnecessary risk uh, as as part of that. So as you say, a, a very uh, fine line. It's a balancing act um, of trying to um, standardize, but not at the cost of of in, uh, ending up with a solution where people have got very inappropriate access. Coming back from the uh, from the business side, a lot of people that you know. Um, as I'm looking at the business, I was not aware. They would think, oh, well, a credit clock, credit clock, you know, so why? And you have the challenge from the business saying, why do they do different stuff? But then obviously a lot of clients will say, listen, our business process, there are certain uh, business processes where standardization is easier to do. Then there's other business processes where standardization is a bit more of a challenge. And, um, and then I think in the previous topic, we talked about that. If that's the case, rather don't standardize because if you want to do your other objective, which you meal touch on, obviously, of sec- uh, securing a solution, that being your primary objective, I think here where standardization must come second towards that objective of securing a solution. So I think it also comes down to the method of standardization. You know, so I think historically, you know, most companies tried to do that using the composite role uh, methodology. And when they eventually got a lot of audit findings, it was a big challenge for them to try and remediate uh, in, any of that. So. I think that's why a lot of companies are now looking at the business role as that method of standardization, just because it can potentially provide them with that flexibility that they didn't uh, that they didn't have before. So having that flexibility can actually help them uh, on on the secure uh, on the securing the solution a bit better. And when you when you talk about flexibility, there you're talking about whether SAP composite role is a take it or leave it. Whatever is yeah. contained in the composite role, the users must get. Where the business yeah. roles, a lot of the the solutions that offer business role methodologies allow for partial assignments of, of the business role. So there's a bit more flexibility of, of uh, assigning mm. 80% of a particular business mm. role to, to a particular user. I'll just add the, the, the business role of it can also then be a container then for access from many different systems. So that, again, speaks to Quincy's point there of improving efficiencies, where if I'm a trying to improve my efficiency for the join and move a lever process, having that business role that can provision to multiple systems is then also a, a, a very nice benefit. Uh, yeah. as a, it's almost a side benefit, but helps quite a bit. So so possibly the key takeaway with that standardization is it's so, so critical that you ensure that the, the role you're creating for that group of users is based on, on good data. So if the HR feed is... Uh, if you've got 10 accounts payable clocks according to the HR feed, but two of those users are doing something vastly different, 
if you don't create a role for that now group group of users, there's going to end up being very wide access. So uh, when you do standardize, put a lot of effort into ensuring that the people that you're working on as that group are all performing the same function within SAP. Because uh, sometimes we find that the HR records are sometimes a little bit misleading to what the people are actually doing in the SAP itself. Good. Okay. So, Emil, do you want to give us one more business objective? Yeah. Um, I'd say it, the last one, I can, or the only one I can still think of is really enhancing uh, the, the business accountability to have business take more ownership of these these activities that they are responsible for, you know, whether that's the user access review, whether that's user access requests, getting them to take take ownership of that. And I think the trouble we have seen with that is that often when, when you speak about authorizations and risks, you know, there's very few people that actually understand that and can interpret that and make good decisions uh, on that. So, it is how how can we how can we help the business user perform those activities uh, that they're responsible for? Just how can they perform it more efficiently? So there's probably many different ways, and, and I think Quintus also mentioned a couple there. You know, it's maybe the the way in which you standardize access that can that can help the business actually uh, perform their activities easier. It could also be and in the solution that you use. How is it displaying? risk information, usage information, business role, the composite role information that I can actually perform those activities quicker. Yeah, so the the challenge that I think uh, a lot of organizations face is that because SAP authorizations and, you know, access risks, et cetera, are so technical and so complex, you know, the business often don't understand it and they often push it, you know, uh, back onto the IT teams to manage, you know, and historically, you know, audit have always tried to say, listen, access risk is business risk. IT can't be the ones making decisions on it. But because it's an area that, that comes with a lot of complexity, it is an area that the business often try and push back onto IT because they just don't understand it. Um, a lot of the, the aspects of SAP security, when you look at transaction codes, authorization objects, authorization fields, also trying to understand segregation of duty risks. You know, some of those aspects uh, can be quite uh, technical and, and make it difficult for the business to understand. If they don't understand it, they 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 don't want to take ownership of something that they don't understand. So I suppose it's, it's now trying to shift that responsibility from IT to the business and, and what, what are the considerations that you can think of uh, to achieve that, sh- that shift. And as you said, you've mentioned a few things you can do that with moving to business role concept. You know, and also trying to to put stuff in more business friendly language. Um, I, I, I guess, yeah. Kundas, have you got to Yes, yeah. I think Emil. I think that that it might be a lesser of the uh, in many customers a lesser of the objective, but but being you know seeing this happen in the market for me that's actually one of the most important business objectives because if you achieve that objective, it actually supports all your other objectives because. Um, if you take about the, you know, the, the three points of where the tie hits a road, if that business owners take ownership of that, you can improve efficiencies. He's going to know the risk to be monitored better. So more secure solution because they take the ownership of that. So, so many, uh, often at clients, that's not something that they, they think of immediately, but we, I really try to because from experience, those clients who where the business ownership has been successfully taken up by the business and that move from IT, like as that is saying, from IT into business. 
those are the clients that for me really is the guys that that have a, the, the best handle on 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 all these objectives because that's where the tides erode and uh, so it's a very important objective for me although a lot of people don't value that you know or don't think of that immediately but that supports all of the other objectives we discussed uh, this morning yeah, so for those organizations who do get that right, you can argue that they expect more value from the GRC investment, where those companies, where IT is often, if IT is running a lot of those uh, activities, you often find then those GRC or access control solutions are often just heavily underutilized. The, the IT teams use it more as a back-end solution, you know, with very little involvement from the business. So, you know, those companies are not extracting much value there from that their GRC invest, investment. Um, it's more just a, a back-end solution. So I think goodness, we couldn't agree with you more. You know, in, in enhancing business accountability of risk is, is possibly the most important business objective because, one, the business users are the better decision makers. If a person should uh, is, is assigned access and it results in, in, in a certain risk, it's the business users who should decide whether that risk is appropriate for the business uh, or, or not. Um, so you just... You, a company just starts extracting more value if they can get the business users to participate in in those activities. So yeah, yeah, I think that Lee also for me that you know I know the the, the first objective that we all agreed is the securing the solution, uh, and we discussed that that's the, a lot of time driven by some bad audit reports. Then then you have a company that would come to you and say, listen, I, I my focus is to you know pass my audit and that's my tick boxes I want to tick. Um, uh, I don't like working with guys like that because that's all they want to do. They don't. They, they they focus is so much on passing this this audit that the other objectives, you know, for that's more important. The guys that come and put higher value on listen, it's not the audit report. I need to be more effective. I need to secure my solution. I want businesses to take ownership. Those are the easy, the better companies to work with because they they have a better um, the business absorb it better and and it moves over to to them. So th- th- that's why I agree with you. It's actually one of the more uh, important business objectives. And, and also, uh, those clients who got to that realization is the guys, it's a, it's, it's a smoother a smoother journey going ahead with a GRC journey because it's not, I'm not just doing the tick to, to, to tick a box for, for all the purposes. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so maybe just to summarize, uh, the so GRC business objectives that were mentioned by by you two was one to ensure you put a secure SAP solution, two to try and improve efficiencies not uh, not only in the provisioning process or the join and move a lever slash onboarding process but also around compliance tasks and control monitoring etc. Three comply with regulations whether that's Sabence Oxley JSOX or uh, any of the data privacy regulations. Four. A drive to towards standardization, trying to you know ensure that certain job functions are standardized between within the entity, um, maybe between regions, etc. That can also have a, a touch point with improving efficiencies, but make sure you balance that with that it doesn't introduce too much sort of inappropriate access at the same time. And the last one there was just enhancing business accountability of risk, trying to uh, implement. A GRC program where the business users are actively involved in GRC or compliance tasks or access risk management activities, and they they're doing it with an understanding and with intent, and they're not doing it just um, ticking the audit box, but not really understanding why they're doing it or, or what they're doing. I guess then, 
not all of those GLC business objectives will be um, important to every organization, uh, or some might be important at, at the moment, and your focus will shift to some of the other GLC business objectives at, at a later point. So try and understand which GLC business objectives are important to you as an organization, and then try and address or achieve those, and then you can move on to some of the other GLC business objectives as part of your GLC journey, possibly in the, in the, in the following years. Good. Okay. So thanks, Quintus and uh, Emil. Uh, appreciate you joining us once again for today's session. Until next time, thank you. Thank you. Yeah.